The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, there's just so much talk out there about emotions and what we should do about them and what we should not do about them. Some say we should just avoid the so-called negative ones, and others say that these are some of the juiciest in terms of what they have to tell us about life and ourselves and even about the divine. What do you say? What are you doing with your emotions? Well, today our guest is going to give us his own wealth of knowledge about emotions. He's Raphael Kushner, author of six books, including the topic of our discussion today and his latest, The One Thing Holding You Back, Unleashing the Power of Emotional Connection. Kushner is a leading voice in emotional connection and present moment awareness and has shared his unique approach on O, The Oprah Magazine, BeliefNet, Spirituality and Health Magazine, Psychology Today, and the Huffington Post. He's on the faculty at Eastland Institute and the Omega Institute and the Cripolo Center of Yoga and Health. He also coaches individuals and teams at Fortune 100 companies, governments, religious organizations, and leading nonprofits. So if you're wondering what to do with your emotions, hang out with us today for about an hour and you'll learn a great deal. Welcome, Raphael, to the show. I'm so glad that you've taken of your time today to talk with us about this very important topic. Thank you. I'm excited to do it. All right. Well, let's just jump right in there because I just think this is such a big boogie bear, particularly in the um, in the uh, new age or and or new uh, new thought sort of movement, human potential movement out there that so many are talking to us about what to do with our emotions and how to either push them away and uh, or change them into something else or utilize them. So when you talk about the words emotional connection, what do you mean? Well, the first thing is is that emotions are physical. They arise, move around, shift, change, and ultimately release from our physical body. So, emotion, so the physical body is the only place that you will ever actually find or experience an emotion. And if you want to connect emotionally, you have to do what someone once called taking the elevator downstairs. You have to be willing to learn how to pay a kind of a new attention to your internal sensations because that's the place where when it comes to what we can notice and connect with in our lives, most of us are the least familiar or comfortable. And as a matter of fact, most of us got either no training when we were young or really bad training in how to do what I was just describing. So... Even though it's simple and a child can learn it, 
most of us come to it in a remedial way later on in life when we find that however else we've been working with our emotions really wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, when you speak of emotional connection, then you mean really being able to not just notice what we feel, but going with a, not necessarily going with them in terms of behavior, but just being able to be with those feelings. Yeah, well, the first thing is the noticing, because without awareness that you're having a feeling, there'd be no way that you can connect to it. Right. But awareness is only the first step, and the next step is the connection. And a, a way I like to describe that connection is surfing, to use the metaphor of surfing, because in the water, in the ocean, there are two things that are moving very closely together. There's the surfer on the board, and then there's the wave beneath. And you get a great ride when you follow the twists and turns of the wave as it coasts with you to shore. And that kind of ongoing connection without any intention to control or change is surfing your emotions when you apply it in the way that I suggest. And when you do that, you're giving the emotions exactly what they need, and therefore you're in harmony with them, and especially the difficult emotions don't stick around one more moment longer than necessary. Okay, so uh, so by that you mean not necessarily identifying with the emotion not nece- and definitely not judging it. You mean basically uh, being with it in some kind of way? Do I have that right? You do, and being with it is another way to describe it. But what's really interesting about this is that whether someone is a newcomer to um, personal growth and spiritual practice or somebody who's been working on a path for decades, what we're talking about right now is the thing that most eludes people. And so I'm saying surfing, you're saying be with it, and we can talk and we probably will talk the rest of this hour about what that actually looks like in a person's life and how that gets applied. And the first part of that is that we are so trained and so used to being active and um, trying to master our life experience, and we can't bring that intention to our emotions because they need us to go to get on the wave and stay connected to them and surrender temporarily control because that's what's necessary to surf either a wave in the ocean or a wave in your body. And you mentioned something in passing that's really important. We don't identify with it. We don't say, I am that wave, because the awareness that we have helps us recognize that it's a wave passing through us And by surfing it, we are harmonizing with ourselves rather than getting lost in the wave. And then the other thing, too, is that when we are with the wave or surfing the wave, that's completely the opposite of reacting to it, making choices because we're uncomfortable with the feeling or because the feeling is intolerable. So we're really talking about a very different and, in many cases for people, a new skill which is having an internal experience and allowing it to move through our awareness without, for a good while, doing anything about the emotion or doing anything other 
than just going for the ride. Yeah, that's really well said. Thank you for explaining that. You, you know, I think that that whole you, it absolutely is a new experience for so many, uh, most probably the majority of the people on the planet, um, to to think about that. So so let me go here for a second, and then we'll come back to what you said about reacting. Uh, what would you say to somebody who came up to you and said, "I'm trying to get rid of my negative emotions"? Well, it's a, it's a great question, and it goes back to what you spoke about in the introduction because there are many people um, in one branch of the New Age movement or another who do say things like, "You can't afford the luxury of a negative emotion," or when you have a negative emotion what you need to do is uplift that and bring, bring it into a positive vibration. And they even go one step further, which is to say that what you focus on grows. So therefore, if you have uh, a painful or negative emotional experience and you focus on it, which you could call that, uh, you could call surfing a kind of focus, then in fact you're just going to get more of the same. And so I do have many people coming to me with this quandary that you're bringing up. Here you are, Raphael, saying that I'm supposed to go with it, but I've been taught that if I go with it, it's going to bring me more of what I don't want. Mm -hmm. So the answer to that question is about the nature of an emotion, first of all. An emotion arises on its own out of our unconscious. We don't have any control over its arising, uh, it's part of our overall feedback mechanism to help us understand who we are and how we're meant to navigate through our lives. And so, first of all, they come on their own. The next thing about an emotion is that what it needs is for us to feel it, to get the message that it's delivering. And the message isn't one with meaning or interpretation, like you should leave this relationship or... Um, you know, you should join this group. The message is just the physiological sensation. So if I'm feeling sadness and it's uh, hurting in my heart, getting the message of that emotion literally just means allowing the hurt to be there and staying connected to it as it moves and shifts and ultimately releases. And it turns out that most emotions have a very short lifespan, even some of the deeper ones like grief or longing, when we allow them completely in a moment of time, they arise, they intensify, they move and shift, and then they depart and they leave us in a reharmonized and expanded state. That's what's supposed to happen. But if we don't feel the emotion, it doesn't go away. It stays in our bodies biologically and neurochemically, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as energetically, and it keeps trying to get us to notice it. And we can talk a little bit more um, in a moment when you're ready about what happens when those emotions keep knocking on the door and we keep slamming the door. But the main point in terms of your question around negative emotion is that you can't <clears throat> change an emotion without feeling it all you're doing is repressing it, which causes all kinds of, of trouble, as, as we'll talk about. So it's kind of like this. If you were told that 
if you're going to lose 50 pounds, the best thing to do is to use affirmations and to stand in front of a mirror and look at your naked body and say, I love my body in its perfect form. If you did that, but underneath, the real truth of that moment is, I hate my body. Mm-hmm. You could say that affirmation a million times and you won't get anywhere with it. But if you actually locate the sensation of hate in your body and you ride that through and out till you get to a place of well-being, you have uplifted yourself in the way that the New Age movement would like you to, but you've done it by going through rather than by a spiritual bypass, as it's sometimes called. And then if you set out to practice your affirmations, you'll be giving them the greatest amount of power that they could have. So ultimately, if you take everything I've just shared and you wrap it up into something simple, it's that when it comes to emotions, the way out is through. And anything that's not going through the emotions that's trying to change them only keeps them stuck and only causes more problems. Yep. Uh, you can't see it over here, but I'm doing a dance, and uh, <laughs> I am I'm amening everything you say because uh, this is what I see as a transpersonal therapy people come in, therapist. I mean, people come into my office and say, "I've been really trying hard to get rid of these negative feelings, and I can't. What's wrong with me?" And now, not only have they identif- uh, identified that these negative feelings are in there, but now they are the person who can't get rid of them, and their I am their self esteem is affected by this idea that they can't get rid of the bad feelings that they've got. And they know now, not only that, not only have they got the bad feelings, have they got the identification with the bad feelings, but also they're expecting terrible things to come to them from the external world now because they're having negative feelings. So they think that the law of attraction is going to make them have these terrible things happen as a result of their feelings. And uh, we just have to start relearning the whole thing of what's negative and what's positive. There's no such thing as a negative or a positive feeling. It's just a feeling. You got it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that said, I want to hear a little bit about the reaction to what we – when you talk about reacting to a feeling, I think that's really interesting because um, we're not really reacting to other people or other circumstances in our lives. We're reacting to our own feelings, and I think that's really, really important. So we're going to talk about that when we come back from the break in just a minute. Perfect. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. 
Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and the engaging in a global learning community and the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking about talking to Raphael Kushner about his book, The One Thing Holding You Back. And the subtitle is Unleashing the Power of Emotional Connection. This idea of emotional connection and emotions in general is just a hot topic right now. And we really want to get some clarity about what that means. So uh, in the earlier segment, you were talking about how we react to our own feelings. And I want to hear more about that. So would you explain what you mean by reacting to our own feelings? Sure. So... The way I like to describe it is that we have a, a glitch in our brain that comes to us courtesy of evolution. You know, evolution moves forward in fits and starts and sideways jabs. It doesn't just lead directly to perfection. And uh, I'm going to take a moment to describe that glitch because it will make everything else that we talk about very clear. Um, the brain was developed in three layers. Uh, the first is we can call the primitive brain, which was all about survival and safety. And it's constantly assessing any situation for safety and danger. And this is true when we're really in a life-threatening situation and the whole fight, flight, or freeze mechanism is activated, or whether we're just walking into a classroom or a workplace. Is it safe? Is it dangerous? Do I need to watch out for something? The second level of our brain that developed is the limbic system, which is primarily about emotions and memory. And the third is the neocortex, which is about abstract thinking. And when an emotion is generated by the limbic system, as we were talking a little bit about before the break, basically it just says, feel me. That's what it wants. It wants you to feel it in the body where it's arising. Um, And now here we're getting to the glitch, and this is going to come right back to the question of reactivity. The primitive brain can't distinguish between an external threat like footsteps in a dark alley and an internal threat like jealousy or failure or 
um, or longing. And the point is that the primitive brain actually thinks that these challenging or painful emotions are life-threatening. And as soon as that emotion arises, courtesy of evolution, remember, it's nobody's fault, it's nothing that you're doing. What happens is that the primitive brain, after the limbic system says, feel this, the primitive brain says, no way, because it's there to keep you, in, to keep you alive. So it shuts down and it creates literally a contraction around the emotion. So you might feel tension or you might notice that you're having negative or resistant thoughts, but really what's happening is the primitive brain is blocking the feeling. And once it blocks the feeling and that block stays present for more than just a few moments, you go into what I call a state of emotional resistance. And what you're trying to do from that point on, if you don't bring a new kind of conscious awareness to the situation, is you're trying to get rid of that emotion. And so what happens at that point is that our resistance to the emotion runs our life. We don't make choices that are in our highest good or the highest good of others. We make choices that are about not having that feeling. And so when the feeling arises again and again in our lives, we keep going back to that big no, and all of our reactions, whether it's to our spouse or our children or our boss or the political situation in the world, all of our choices become about not having to feel that. And that's the essence of reactivity. And, and then when my reactivity meets your reactivity, we have a world in terrible pain and turmoil and conflict like the one that you see all around us. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful explanation. Thank you so much. That is crystal clear um, about why why it is that we react to our own feelings. And and as we said before, we're not really reacting to other people in other situations as much as we are to our own feelings. Of course, as you said, we can also react uh, to an external event as well. But uh, we but the, also... but the thing is, is, is you 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 hit the nail on the head because if those things out there that we think are the problem made us feel good, there'd be no reason to resist them. Yeah. So it's really because they make us feel bad that we resist them. And I, I want to I make sure we don't hesitate a moment longer before we get to the point that you can rewire your brain, that something beautiful about the human consciousness is that built within us is the ability for everybody to be able to rewire what I just described so that rather than continuing to live out that glitch... <clears throat> You can change your brain such that you become able to notice and feel your emotions so that then you're making choices that are in your highest good. Right. Okay. So let's go there. What, is the, what are some of the steps we might take to rewire the brain? Well, you, you, you would remember that I said that the primitive brain causes us to contract around the emotion. So the first thing that we need to do is become aware that we have contracted. And you notice that, as I mentioned before, often as a tension or a tightness in your body or a bearing down. You can also notice it because you might be having very anxious or um, negative thoughts. And once you notice that you're contracted, then what you want to do is bring your awareness right to the physical place where the contraction is located. And something magical happens here, and I'm going to pause. I'm going to slow down a little bit to describe it. 
So the primitive brain is very powerful in its need to keep you alive, and it certainly um, exerts its will. But it also knows that it's not the, the highest power or the sole um, aspect of you that's in charge. So when it creates that tension that is blocking the emotion, and then you bring your awareness to that tension, it's as if the primitive brain says, wait, what? Something else is happening? And it realizes that we're in a different mode now. And it doesn't surrender all power and control. The primitive brain says something like this. I don't know if I like this. I'll stand by, though, for a few moments and see, and I'll reserve the right to shut this down if I need to at a moment's notice. Um, but then, as you bring your awareness to the contraction, what happens is the contraction eases. This happens 100% of the time. The contraction releases and puts you directly in touch with that emotion that you previously weren't able to feel. And as you then continue to stay in awareness and connection with your emotional experience, the primitive brain says, oh, I get it. Resentment is not like footsteps in a dark alley. It won't kill us. So maybe I'll have a reflex reaction against it the next time it comes, but I'll remember pretty quickly, and you can remind me, and I'll, we'll, we'll, together we'll let go of the contraction more quickly, and we'll move through the experience of resentment um, more easily, and we'll get back to a state of greater presence and expansion, and all will be well. So by starting with the contraction, you enter into this kind of relationship not only with the experience but also with your primitive brain, and that's how the rewiring happens. Beautifully said. And I'll just be the guinea pig here. While you were talking, I thought, well, I'll just go ahead and, and do that while you're talking, and maybe some of the listening audience did that too. And I felt a tension in my throat because I'm concerned about the timing of our show, and I want to make sure that we get everything in that we need to get in. So the little tension in my throat, I went there with that, and I said, okay, let's be here with this. And and the, the tension sort of quickly became a little bit of a peaceful feeling, and I was able to go, oh, okay, you're worried about how this is going to be, and I can just surrender that. It's going to be what it is. And it was fine. Yes, and you, you bring up in what you're saying another important point, which is that once you get into connection with your emotions in that way and you expand into greater presence, you also become your most creative and empowered and skillful and successful. In other words, when you're in resistance and you try to do anything well, and especially when you try to change something in your life, it's impossible. It's like stomping on a hose with all of your might and then commanding the water to flow through. And the louder that you shout and the harder that you stomp, the water just backs up. But if you step off the hose and allow the water of your feelings and sensations to move through you, you come to life and you also sync up with life energy, so it's as if you have the wind at your sails instead of that feeling that we have so often of pushing that boulder up the hill. So it's wonderful just for its own sake to become attuned to your emotions 
and to experience that peace that you just described, but it also makes you much more successful at whatever it is that you're wanting to achieve. Yeah, I mean, it seems apparent that if we're congruent, if we're not splitting ourselves off, that we can use all of our energy in one direction. That's pretty clear to see, easy to see. Yeah, and the truth about this is that even though it can take a long time to get reoriented to this way of being with one's emotions, everything that we're talking about today is simple. And it's not easy a lot of the time, so I want to make the distinction between simple and easy, but it is simple. And that's a great relief because what we're saying together is that you don't have to study a lot or go through a lot of therapy or take six levels of an ever more expensive workshop to be able to get in touch um, successfully with your emotions in this way. All you need to do is practice. And the more you practice, the better that you get at it. And when it feels like it's too confusing or too hard, you look for support from somebody who knows how to do this because we're not all meant to do it alone. We're never actually meant to do it all alone. And, and so <clears throat> you do it, you practice on your own, you get support, and slowly over time it becomes just a new way of being. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I have literally seen that in my own life and I've seen it in other people's lives as well that, that we, that practicing thing is so very important. And uh, this is going to bring us to a question we may not have time to fulfill, uh, answer before the break, but um, you've got a chapter in your book, How to Feel. And I think that's a great title for a book, uh, for your chapter there because that's the next question I always get when we go through sort of we talk about the process of being with your feelings. And people are well, how do you feel? We've been so out of touch with, with, um, that essential way of living, as you said in the very beginning, that that we don't know how to feel. So uh, I, I want to start on that just a little bit here. We may have to stop and take a break, but I want to just kind of get started with um, with the idea of what is it to feel? How does how do we feel? Well, let's say the the maybe the first thing to start on before the break is just to say that emotions have their own time. Um, and it's not the same at all as to-do list time. So when you want to actually feel well, what you need to do is slow down. You need okay. to give it space and time. And then once you're slowed down, we can add to that. But that's kind of the first precept. All right. That's great. We're going to slow down now and take a break. <laughs> we'll be back in just a minute. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. 
Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Raphael Kushner, the author of six books, including the topic of our discussion today in his latest book, The One Thing Holding You Back, Unleashing the Power of Emotional Connection. And in that book, he has a chapter called How to Feel, which, as I said uh, previously in the, uh, before the break, that that's a great title because so many of us really don't know how to feel. And what you said just before the break, uh, Raphael, was that we – we have to slow down first. And I noticed even your cadence and your rhythms, uh, as you were saying that, sort of slowed down a little bit. Yeah, so that's a start. What do we yeah. do now? Yeah, and then once you slow down, <clears throat> you need to get microscopic. And what I mean by that is that let's say uh, I ask a person, what is happening right now in your body? And maybe the person says, well, I just feel like a ball in my stomach. And... Maybe I say, okay, just stay with that for a few moments and see how it moves and shifts and changes. And then maybe because a person's not so used to this process, uh, they say, well, it's kind of the same. It hasn't really changed at all. And when we do practice this, we come to recognize that everything is always moving and shifting and changing. Nothing is staying the same. So I might say, okay, let's get a little more microscopic. Bring your attention right to that ball in your stomach. Do you notice if it has a, is it soft or is it hard? Does it have a color associated with it? Um, is it warm or cool? See if you can look at it almost as if through a magnifying glass, the way a scientist would look at an anthill when first trying to understand what's going on. And just observe and allow for a few more moments. And almost always as a person does that, they get more connection and more information about the experience itself. 
And sometimes in that very same um, kind of moment, I might say, okay, now see if you could imagine yourself to be the size of an atom. And even though the ball seems hard and impenetrable, see if you could just drop down through that ball into the center of the experience. And just take a quiet moment and look around and see what you notice inside of that ball. And what we're doing in that whole process that I'm outlining is we're getting closer, we're getting more connected, and we're inducing emotional flow. And there are many other things that we can do in order to support that flow. But what happens in general with all of the different tools that we use is that we take something that has been stuck and we free it up. And that allows the emotion not only to be felt, but then to release from us as quickly as possible. Okay, so so in that process, what if the person were to say, but I find myself trying to make the feeling change? Yeah, so there are a lot of different ways that we can get in the, get in the way of feeling as you and I are describing. Uh, one way is to try to make it change or to try to make it go away. Another way is to analyze it trying to figure out why it's there rather than just allowing it. And, and yet another way is to judge it, to um, decide that there's something wrong with the feeling or there's something wrong with me for having the feeling. And any time I notice that any of that is happening, or even just distraction, I'm running away from it, I'm listening to any other sound I can in the room, um, any and all of those, we deal with the very same way. As soon as we notice them, we just recognize that's been happening. We let that go, and we turn our attention back to the experience. And that might happen a hundred times in three or four minutes of emotional connection. But the only way that would be a problem is if we make it a problem. And so rather than making it a problem, it's as if we just bow to that temporary resistance and go back to our practice. Okay, a little bit like meditating that you can sort of just watch a thought go by and not try to change it or, uh, you know, right. make it it's, different. It's yeah. a little bit like meditating or a lot like meditating, but the one significant difference is that with meditation, as it's most often taught, it's like you're the sky and the clouds are the thoughts and the sensations that are passing through and you kind of stay back or, or it's all a movie and you're the screen is a way that sometimes it's described. And mm -hmm. these are very helpful practices, but emotions need us to get up close and personal. Another way of saying that is that you can't surf a wave from the shore. So here in this situation, every time you notice that you have analyzed or judged or any of those other things that I mentioned, you actually get back up and go directly to the wave. You bring your attention, and this is really important because I don't want it to seem abstract. You place your mental attention right at the place where the sensation is happening. That's what's different, and that's what emotions need. Yeah, stay with them. Yeah, be really connected to them. Okay, so what do you? What do you? What would you say to somebody who said, "Okay, I, I'm really aware of that ball, but I'm also having a feeling about my feeling." Like I'm really scared of my feeling, for instance. Well, one thing is that uh, often you have to move through the fear of the feeling to get to the feeling. 
And fear is tricky because it gets pretty big. It's like flashes. Um, but if you can just stay connected to it, give yourself a lot of space, breathe into it, then fear will almost always very quickly subside. And, you know, I've done this work with people who are right in the middle of a full-blown panic attack who are saying, take me to the hospital. But five minutes later, they've reached a place of greater peace, but also empowerment because they realize, wait, I'm having a feeling, but I'm not having a panic attack anymore. So Mm -hmm. moving through the fear is really important often. But there's one other thing I want to add, and it may help somebody who's just a little skeptical at this moment. Being with the feeling isn't the same thing as aligning with the verdict that also comes often uh, with the feeling in the form of a thought. So, for instance, if I have a sense of failure, like I really screwed up, and it is like a hot coal right in the center of my being, I want to actually be with the sensation of the hot coal But when a thought comes along that says, you're such a loser, I don't want to be with that in the same way. What I want to do when that verdict comes is basically say, without words or even without silent words, my approach is sort of, thank you for sharing. We're doing something else right now. Mm -hmm. Because if I align with that thought, I'll just get lost in all of the pain. If I fight that thought, like, no, I shouldn't think that, that's unhealthy, then I'm still bound to that thought through my resistance and the friction that that creates. So instead, I just want to gently not give it energy, not give it attention, just kind of bow to it quickly, and then go to the sensation that's in the body, because that's where all the magic is, that's where the healing is, and that's where the rewiring happens. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I do think that's really, really important. We tend to, you know, you're talking about judging yourself there as, as, you know, the feeling comes up. Well, that just means this and this and this about me. And that means we're getting back into identity again. Uh, and that's really, that can get real goopy and sticky in there. So, right. Yeah, and there's, so. There's, a, there's a really important piece about that too, Andrea, and that is that our most painful feeling are coming from the parts of ourselves that have been pushed away, exiled, because at an earlier time in our life, it was too painful to feel them, and we needed that distance in order to survive. But then as we grow up and we're adults, the feelings still need our attention, and even more than that, they need our loving care. They need our compassion. So what's happening in this process is that we're saying to those parts of us that have been split off, come home. You can be with me. You don't have to change the feeling of self-hatred or the feeling of um, unworthiness. I will allow you to be here. I will hold you in a loving awareness the way you weren't held when you were young. And that's what creates the most powerful healing. And The interesting thing about that is that there's a key point in many people's journey through emotional connection when I work with them one-on-one where they start to realize, wait, even though I don't like this part of myself and I wish it would be gone and I think my life would be so much better if it were gone, the truth is if I keep responding to it that way, I'm doing to myself the very same thing that was done to me that I'm so upset about. 
I'm re-wounding myself by saying I'm not good enough, I don't belong. And it becomes then uh, uh, an act with a great amount of motivation because there's no way I'm going to repeat what those people did to me. And so then someone is really ready to say, even though it's painful, even though sometimes it feels impossible, I'm going to let all of me be, and I'm going to love all of those parts the way they never were loved before. Right, right. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of a reparenting, but it, uh, in, the, in the sense that you are really giving to yourself what you never got. And I see people get resistance to that because they get angry then and they say, well, I don't want to do this for myself because I want my parents to do it and I'm going to get them to do it. They, did, they should have done it and I'm going to get them to do it. And my question, my response to that, it really is, do you want it to keep being the way it is or would you like it to be different? Right, and another way of saying that is if they knew how to do that and were willing and, and, and able to, they would have done it a long time ago. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I like to talk about how we're all really good at acceptance because we, we look up at the sky and we see a bird and we never say that bird should be a dog um, mm-hmm. because that would be absurd. But then there are all these birds in our lives that we think should be dogs, like our parents should be able to love us correctly or, you know, our kids should listen to us. So often I'm pointing out to people with a little bit of humor, hey, there's some bird dogging there. You're, you're thinking that someone should be different than they are such as your parents in this example that you gave. And whenever we're bird-dogging, it just means we're in resistance, and that's not the way to healing or change. Absolutely. Absolutely. So well said. Thank you so much. We're going to be back right after the break with more from Raphael Kushner. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you discovered and awakened the natural power of your sexual energy? Imagine a world in which every woman's role is to birth the God in every man. Join host Muki Okan for Sex and the Divine Design. Orgasm is a gift for your health and well-being. What if everyone could be free to experience and express the pleasure and power of being alive? Come and enhance your relationships, your well-being, and your sex life. Sex and the Divine Design is heard live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio, Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for our final segment with Raphael Kushnir, the author of The One Thing Holding You Back, Unleashing the Power of Emotional Connection. And Raphael, if you will, I want to just sort of do a little uh, segue here where we uh, give you a chance to talk about uh, you and to tell the listening audience how they might connect with you or any events that you've got coming up, anything like that that you'd like to share. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. So first of all, everything about me is available at my main website, which is kushner.com, and that's spelled C-U-S-H-N-I-R.com. There's lots of free material, audios, videos, some of them can be downloaded, um, and there's also a, a full events page so you can see all the different ways that you, a person could connect with me. Um, but a couple highlights are, uh, first of all, I have a series that's running right now called Teaching What We Need to Learn and that's at teachingwhatweneedtolearn.com. And that is an interview series in which I talk to uh, renowned spiritual um, teachers and experts in personal growth about their own growing edges. It's a series all about teacher transparency and vulnerability so that we really get a sense that we're all in it together and we get a chance to kind of peek behind the curtain and realize that um, it's, it's often really unhelpful to think of a teacher as having reached some state that we can't or that we haven't yet because that can create seeking and a sense that there's something less than in us. So I'm really passionate about talking to people and trying to get them to really open up. And there's over 40 teachers in the first round of this series that um, I put together. It's free to listen to. And um, anyone who's listening now, I would love for you to go to that page, teachingwhatweneedtolearn.com, and, and sign up. And all of the interviews that have been released are still available, so um, you'll get a chance to hear them all. So that's one thing. Another thing is, is that I have a year-long program that I'm really excited about that's going into its ninth year. It's called P4, which stands for Presence, Purpose, Passion, and Power, in which just 12 individuals from all around the U.S., Canada, and sometimes the world come together in the beginning of the year. So the next program would be in 2013. We meet outside of Portland, Oregon, uh, where I live, 
uh, we get to know each other, we bond together and create a community in which each person is only there for his or her own spiritual growth as well as the growth of the other people in the group. So there's no dual roles of friends or churchmates, whatever. Um, and after that in-person retreat, we stay together through the whole year with a conference call every month, with materials and projects to do each month, uh, with a different partner from the group each month to work on some of those projects. And the whole year is about recognizing and releasing resistance, connecting to our emotions in all the different realms of our lives so we can really get as free as possible. And there's nothing like working together over a sustained period of time to really create the lasting change that we all want. So if people are interested in that, there's lots of information on my website. There's videos of past participants as well as audio, and I'd love to hear from anybody if that speaks to them. And then just a couple other things. One of them is I have a, uh, I have a private practice in which I work with people one-on-one and also couples um, to facilitate emotional connection and to help them work through wherever they may be stuck or wanting more freedom and growth. Information about that is at uh, my website, too, kushner.com. I, I also certify people as emotional connection facilitators. There's lots of information about that. And then there are a few more workshops in 2012 where you can either do a weekend workshop with me to get the tools and take them home and practice, or where you can spend a week and take a real deep dive working with a small group of people and making your big transition right then and there at the retreat. So I think that pretty much covers it. Um, and again, all of that is available, lots of details, lots of chance to kind of breathe into that and see what appeals to you at Kushner.com. Wonderful. Well, first, thank you for all that you're doing to help us all evolve. That's just beautiful that you're doing so much work to help people move past this resistance because I, I just I have this imagining about what the world is going to look like when we all know what to do with our feelings, mm, <laughs> and yeah. I think well, it's going to be real know, different. You're more than welcome, Andrea. And one of the things that I tell people all the time when we start working together, whether it's a small group, a big group, or just an individual, is that from my perspective, there's no problem. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with what's happening. And that's our starting place because it's a place of gentle allowing. And when we start to allow whatever we have said cannot be, whether it's a part of me or it's a part of the world or both, we open up the real possibility for change. And emotions are at the center of that. But it can be so liberating just to realize that we can just by choice shift our perspective from the idea that there is a problem or that we are the problem. And then we can roll up our sleeves and do this great work that you and I have been talking about. So um, what I tend to do in, in all of my ventures is function as what I call a resistance hunter. Wherever someone is seeing that there's a problem, where they're girding against it, I'm saying, oh, great, Thank you for letting me know that because that's where the gold is. Let's start there and gently go forward, not with a path of willpower, because that doesn't work in my experience, but with a path of acceptance. Let's open up little by little, safely as we can, to see what's here, what hasn't been included in our life experience that is saying, it's time for you to include me. And from my experience and perspective, that's the royal road to self-realization and peace. 
absolutely. Could not agree more. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, let's just spend a few minutes before the break, and we have, have probably about three minutes before uh, before the end of the show, I mean, uh, to talk about how this kind of emotional connectivity can help us to communicate better in relationships. Oh, my goodness. What a great topic um, to conclude on. So I guess we have to start by saying that resistance is contagious. So if I'm resisting something in a conversation with you, you're going to pick up on that and immediately go into resistance. And the way I like to describe it is that when two people are in resistance together in communication, it's like a tug of war on a runaway train. That's how much momentum there is. So that's why you, you go from, like, I thought you were going to pick up the orange juice to I can't even be in this relationship, sometimes in the course of just a few minutes. And yep. so the most important thing that you can take away from our discussion today is to recognize that nothing positive can come from any communication when one or both people are in resistance. And so the most important thing that you can do is start by dropping the rope and doing that in a way that doesn't further inflame the situation. So, for instance, if you and I are in a heated, resistant-filled argument and I finally notice how contracted I am, I can speak that out loud so I can say something to you like, you know what, I just have to stop right now and say my heart is pounding in my chest and my stomach is totally tied up in knots. And that not only gives me the opportunity to step back, but also the other person. And it allows that slowing down then, doesn't it? That's right. And then we can take 5 or 10 or 15 and feel our way into the heart of the matter and come back and talk about what was really happening rather than all that resistance, which is just noise that doesn't get us anywhere. And the truth is, if, if you respond like that to someone, if you say, hey, wait, you know, I got to tell you, my stomach is all tied up in knots, it's a rare person who would say something like, good, you should feel that way. And the <laughs> truth is, if somebody responds to you that way, that relationship has way bigger problems. Oh, yeah. So, so most of the time, People will take that invitation, and when they do, as I said, you can actually really start talking about what's underneath the surface, connect not just emotionally with yourself, but with the other person, and and that's the first step to a healthier kind of communication by using emotional connection. Wow, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I just think that that kind of honesty, that kind of authenticity in that moment is so powerful because it really makes people be intimate, regardless whether you're talking about a primary relationship or, you know, whatever kind of relationship you're talking about. And you've talked some in the book. I want to let the listening audience know this. We won't have time to get to it today, but you've talked some in the book about how to do it, how to use this kind of stuff at work, too. And I've spent some time on the show talking about work and authenticity, and I think it's a really important topic. So I want to tell the listening audience that's there in your book, too. Great. And there's also a lot about addiction and compulsion in the book, which is a huge piece for so many of us. Yep, sure is. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Rafael, again, for being here today. We really appreciate it. And uh, next week we're going to be talking about ego and what it is and what it is not. So you want to stay tuned for that because there's a lot of stuff out there about what the ego is doing to us, and we want to talk about whether or not that's really true. Um, So remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.